Welcome to the USU Career Studio podcast that helps you navigate your career path. If you enjoyed this episode, make sure to tell your friends and family all about it. Subscribe to our podcast on Apple, Spotify, YouTube, or anywhere else you listen to get access to our newest content. Thanks for joining us for our Friday face-to-face episode. I'm Marissa Armistead, your host, and I am so excited to welcome alum and executive assistant to the CMO of Pluralsight, Chris Glightly, to the show. Welcome, Chris. Hi, how's it going? Chris, we're so excited to have you on the show today. (laughs) (laughs) And obviously, you're not happy to be here either, I think. (laughs) I just, I, yeah, I think, like I said earlier, I was, I'm so I love Utah State so much. So any chance I get to like engage with it as a, you know, a graduate, I happily will do. Uh, so I am super, super happy to be here. Like I just, I love Utah State. It gets you excited just even like thinking that we're going to be talking about it. So I am very happy to be here. <laughs> Yay. Well, today we're talking all about Chaz and, and how that helped you get to where you are today. So I'd actually love to start our conversation. Give us kind of the the rundown of, you know, your educational experience, but maybe also a little bit about your career path. How did you end up at Pluralsight? Yeah. So, um, I went to Utah State, uh, started Utah State in, uh, 2012, uh, which is really crazy to think about, uh, how long ago that feels. Um, even though I can recall some stuff so easily, but, uh, and originally I'd gone up there and declared my major for law and constitutional studies. Um, and eventually later on, uh, moved into journalism and public relations, and then also kind of kept uh, political science as a degree as well. Um, but that was kind of my pathway, but always remained within chess, always within, uh, the college of humanities. Cause I, I mean, I knew that's where I wanted to be. I knew, uh, you know, that, that, that school was just so specific to so many of my interests. Um, but, you know, being, I went up to Utah State as well as an ambassador. I was lucky enough to be a part of the ambassador program through the admissions office. Uh, and through that, I was able to learn about the other colleges. And so what was really funny was that I wanted to like get involved with every college and that's kind of, you know, cause every, little mid college crisis. <laughs> yeah. Because everyone is, you know, all the, all these students, all these degrees and these professors are so interesting. Um, so I, you know, learning about the the university and what, you know, what they could teach you. I was like, I want to learn everything, but uh, that's kind of where I was like, I, you know, that crisis of like, you got to pick something eventually and get out of here. So I chose uh, journalism with the, with the PR emphasis and political science as, you know, what I declared. And, and I absolutely loved my time there. And I, my kind of career path, I've just kind of was stayed within marketing uh, and writing a lot of content creation, a lot of creativity. Um, and I love that a lot. I love being able to use both sides of my brain. And, uh, and uh, just recently, I started as the, you know, EA to the CMO Pluralsight um, before I was in fashion. And so going from fashion to tech has been uh, quite the transition and quite the uh, educational uh, experience <laughs> so far. Yes. But I've absolutely loved it. I love uh, the tech world is is very relevant, obviously, but also it's... Um, uh, Plural sites doing some incredible stuff here in terms of using a service and a teaching tool as as a way to educate uh, people across the globe on how to be, you know, web developers and coders and et cetera, software engineers. So, so uh, it's really, I'm really grateful to be a part of a, a company that's uh, doing something so great and teaching and being able to educate, which is what I also love about uh, what I love, what I want to do eventually is also to teach too. So that's what I, I love that. 
Absolutely. Great, great, great. Okay. So I am super interested. So you've had some really interesting job titles. We've talked about this before, Chris, <laughs> but I'm curious, okay. Executive assistant to CMO, like what, what does that actually like translate to? Oh goodness. I mean, uh, it is, I mean, it is, it's a lot of scheduling and a lot of calendars. Uh, and you know, I honestly was not, ex- I was, I was a little worried about what I was going to be doing. If it was just going to be organizing calendars, and which which it is, but uh, you know, to the chief marketing officer, uh, she's an amazing uh, person and and very busy. I didn't know executive. You know, you, you don't think about how a busy uh, an executive position can be, but they really do need an executive assistant to kind of organize their their schedule. Um, but in doing so, and th- and this is a unique position, um, just because you know. When I was interviewing, I had, I told uh, you know the CMO of Pluralsight, Lindsay, that I I wanted to learn as well, um, being a continuous learner, and so she's given me the opportunity to be a part of all the meetings that she's in, and she's really been uh, it's been a mentorship as well, which is really uh, you know a, I'm really lucky because I'm being mentored by the chief marketing officer the best. of a major tech company, <laughs> right? And so it's really been a lot of of education, and then she's also given me a lot of opportunities to also take on my own projects, for example, like uh, creating my own marketing onboarding program for new hires, uh, planning a lot of the on-sites and off-sites for her leadership team. So uh, it's it's not just calendaring. I always kind of uh, equivocate it to like for pop culture references. I always do like Devil Wears Prada, but I have to preface, I have to say that. And then I'm like, first of all, my my boss, my, uh, Lindsay, she is not Meryl Streep. <laughs> She's not mean. She is very, very great. And, you know, <laughs> it's not like that relationship in the movie, but it is a lot of, you know, it's a lot of helping her be the best um, at her job and which is really, which is really, really fun, honestly, because I get to talk to so many different people and I get to organize things and think critically. Like it's a lot more than, uh, people assume, uh, when you hear executive assistant, uh, and I, and I definitely know that now that now know that like how important that this job is. So, yeah, absolutely. Chris, I'm super curious. I know there's a lot of stigma and a lot of stereotypes about Chaz students getting kind of this liberal arts education. I'm super curious, you know, when you were getting ready to graduate, I mean, what was going through your brain? Like, were you like, yes, I'm going to get a job. Or you were you worried about that? I'm, I'm just curious what was going on in your brain? Um, no. And, and, you know, I, I kind of was wondering where that, uh, kind of idea came behind chess because I, you know, it, it has a lot of, it's a lot, it's all about people, this, this, the college. Right. And, and, and that's, that's what we're, that's what the world is made of, you know, and it, there's so many people and so many jobs. And so I believe, I think that like when I was getting ready to graduate, I wasn't necessarily worried just because journalism, especially, uh, you know, they taught us from the first class, you know, intro to mass communication 1500 to your senior class that you're going to be needed in in one space or the other. Like, uh, you know, if I wasn't going to, you know, work for uh, a publication or a magazine, you know, for, or for anything like there was going to be needs for writers, whether it's, you know, every now and then, or, you know, a project, there's going to be needy. There's going to be a need for, you know, a team to work on an event in public relations and write the press releases and, and, you know, and make content for people. So I wasn't necessarily uh, ever worried um, 
because I just was continually reassured by, you know, my professors and my counselors in CHAS that, you know, there was going to be something for me. And it may not. And, and that's the thing about graduating, too, uh, is that like you have this kind of dream job in your head of what you want to do. Um, and it would, and for some people, they're really lucky enough to kind of get their dream job right after they graduate or, you know, when they get to that point, but you know, it's not the case for everybody. I would definitely can say my first job wasn't the immediate first option, but my, my dream job was like editor in chief of GQ. And I, you know, at a, as a 20, <laughs> you know, 20, early 20 year old, like that's a, that's a lofty goal to have post-grad. So I knew that there was going to have to be work. Um, but I knew that I was going to be able to get a job. So I wasn't really too worried about that. No, I love that. And and I think, you know, what really came through is this need for transferable skills and communication. I mean, by and large, I mean, it always comes up when we talk to employers, if their employees can't communicate, they don't want them there. Right. And so um, exactly. even though we, we talk about it all the time, it's because there's a lot of value in that. And so I really appreciate you bringing up um, some of those transferable skills. I am curious so what what are some skills when you think about maybe technical, but also some of those interpersonal, what are some of the skills that like kind of flows to the top in terms of like, you need to use them all the time? Ooh, uh, you definitely know, need to know how to write and, and not just write. Uh, I'm a long winded person, as you now know, but you need to <laughs> you need to be able to write uh, very, very quickly. Uh, and that was a skill I had to develop. And I'm really grateful that I had to develop uh, in very much in my education because, uh, especially just because of the attention span of a human being, it gets shorter and shorter. They don't want to read a, a story unless it's a book they want to read, right? So you have to be able to to get your point across and your story across really, you know, concise consolidated and, you know, still be able to captivate someone and, and get them interested. Uh, that's one skill I'm trying to think. There's like so many when I think about like, you know, it's like you, you have to be able to uh, again and be able to present because a lot of, I think a lot of people don't realize how many opportunities they have to present uh, in front of others. And so being able to speak and have the confidence to do so is also a really big thing. Um, uh, and uh, I think that that's another, uh, a really big skill band. There's like so many I'm trying to think of, but really for me, it is all, or the ones, the skills that I always kind of, uh, feel like everybody should practice more of is being able to write and being able to present. Cause I think that, uh, going out into the professional world, um, putting yourself out there is, is a lot more important than you might think. Um, just because even if you are, you know, if you look at your, you know, track sheet and your grades are perfect and, you know, excellent, you know, it's not just that it's also how you're going to be able to present, uh, that, you know, these reports, these, these things you find, these research you've done, all of that definitely contributes into it. So you can't just be like an amazing researcher or, you know, an amazing engineer. You have to be able to, uh, at some level, take all of that you've, you know, that you've done and explain that to somebody else who may or may not know, you know, what you're going to be talking about. Chris, um, you're a so professional those, so storyteller. Really, yes. Well, I mean, I am definitely not a pro. I learned from pros and I'm trying to become a pro myself, but I definitely know that, uh, it is incredible. It's crazy important how many, how, uh, how well you present. Um, 
And, and that happens on, in any career or job you have. It's always, always going to be a thing. It's, and it, it, people want to like hide behind their computers and especially in this day and age, they can. But again, like I said, you have to be able to kind of captivate somebody, even if they're in the same field as you, they got, you know, you have to be able to captivate and keep their attention and, and, you know, not have them looking up different windows during your zoom call. Like you have to be able to practice and, and work on that. And uh, Chas is in a really incredible school that has plenty of classes to do that, um, which I was really grateful that I had to, uh, many opportunities to, to be able to work on that kind of skill. Absolutely. Well, and you just probably don't know it, but you just gave me a reframe uh, that emails, you like even emails, your storytelling, right? Like you're persuading, you're, you're using yes. all of these critical thinking skills in your writing, even for a simple work email. So I love that reframe of like storytelling uh, yeah. and communication. Anyway, this is, I'm taking notes here. <laughs> no, I love that. No, no, emails. I totally get it. I, I, I remember like one email at my boss, she uh, was like, you put too many explanation points. And I was like, it's me. She's like, it takes, that's what I'm saying. I was like, oh, and I, and now I think about it and like, yeah, like in, you know, exclamation points even play a role in how you communicate. I didn't even think about this kind of stuff, you know, cause I just I'm like, Hey, exclamation boy, how are you? Like I get, you know, I'm just really bubbly, but yeah, like, you, you know, it is that cadence and how you do it in every way of communication. So it's, it's all really important. Absolutely. Okay. Let's talk about some of the highs and the lows of this job. What are some of the things that you love about your work and maybe some of the things that are less exciting? Um, a couple, uh, I'll start with a couple below. So there's, there is a lot of people that want to talk to a CMO and that can get a bit overwhelming. And so, uh, and you know, it is in, and time zones. That's the other thing too, is that we are in a wonderful world where, you know, people from Australia can work for the same company that's based in Utah. Right. But mm -hmm. scheduling a phone call, I have the time zone difference and it's not just us. I'm not talking international. We're talking also like East Pacific mountain standard. I mean, this has, that has been one of the, and I know it's the, I know there's like, you know, websites and apps and whatnot, but <laughs> sure. it has been one of the hardest things. Cause I always forget. Cause I'm like, oh yeah, let's have this meeting at, you know, 4 30 PM. And that is eight o'clock for Australia. Like, I mean this, these lessons I had to learn. So I've, I've done it a couple of times where I've just been like, I'll throw it in the calendar. And then later on, they'll be like, Hey, uh, that's 8 p.m. for me. And I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm so sorry. So uh, that's one of the lows. One of the other lows is that uh, I feel like, um, and this is, I mean, like I've definitely have explained this to my boss, so I feel comfortable talking about it, but I going from a previous job where I was very, very, very much always doing something um, uh, and having a very small team. So I'm, so my, my body, my brain are kind of trained to, you know, always been doing something. And if I'm not doing something, then something's going wrong. So it's really interesting to go from that to, uh, to a company that has so much support and so much, uh, role clarity that, you know, that like your things are being taken care of, even though that's not, that's not your job. Um, and so I'm always constantly kind of, you know, my, I'll be like, Oh my gosh, I have like a 15 minute break. This is crazy. And, and I get kind of stressed out because I feel like I might be missing something. Uh, but that's only because of the fact that like I've done my job. And so 
and then so it's up, you know, it's up to other people. And so um, there has been a bit of a, the what it's not, a, I guess it's a, a weird low point, but I've had a struggle not constantly working, which is not supposed to be the case for, in, for, you know, a workplace, but that's how it, you know, that's why I was kind of uh, employee grew, growing up on a raised in the, yeah, in the yeah. world uh, to do. So um, it's kind of crazy for me, but uh, some of the highs, again, like I said, I love people and I love being able to talk to so many individuals within this company um, and getting to meet them. We had an onsite here at HQ in Salt Lake City, and I got to meet some amazing people that I've only talked through with through email and Slack in person. And it's so fun to be able to talk to them and get to know them on a personal level. Um, but also just those interactions were like, Hey, nice to meet you. I need to have a meeting with Lindsay. And I'm like, okay, great. And it's that, and like learning about what they're going to be talking about. And uh, I have a lot of questions. Like I said, I'm learning tech just recently. So I, I get to be like, I slack people. I'm just like, Hey, you don't know me, but I'm really curious about your, your job. Like, I want to know more about this part of tech or this part of Pluralsight. And, uh, what I love about it so much is that everybody here has been like, absolutely. Let's talk about it. Like people want to brag about their job here because they're proud of it. Um, and that makes me super excited because at Utah state, one big thing that all of Utah state taught me was being a continuous learner. Uh, and so going into spaces like this, where I don't know something, I get really excited because I want to know. And then there's people, including my own, you know, the chief marketing officer who will set aside time to, uh, to, to teach me. And I, and I, so I really, that's the, one of the biggest highs about this place, uh, and my job that I get to do. I love that. And I love that you are able to talk to a good work environment. That's something that I think students often don't think too much about in that first job. It's like, I just need a job, which is okay. But if you get the wrong job with it, you know, a company that's not going to support your growth, that can be pretty, pretty tough. And I would even say damaging at times. So I, I'm so glad Absolutely. to hear. <laughs> yes. Uh, yes. Uh, yeah. I will, yeah. We can get into it. If you want a little to, tangent yeah. for a year. <laughs> <laughs> but no, uh, no, uh, a healthy work environment is um, crucial. I, uh, and I can definitely say that I did not receive that right after graduation, but I definitely can say that in doing, in doing so, um, I learned a lot. I learned a lot about what, what it means for myself, what, it, what I need in a workplace. Uh, and so, like I said, you're not going to get like the dream job right out the gate. I mean, maybe you will, maybe you won't, but I do think that, uh, there is there like it's like all hardships there is some there is lessons to learn there but you know striving for what you think is best for you even if you feel even though you're you know fresh out of college is still super important because it does set the standard for you know for yourself and for your you know like you're even though you're new you're still an employee you're still a person and uh you know getting burnt out and, and, and getting stressed out and exhausted are all valid, valid and, uh, consistent things that can happen to you. And so if you have a space that can validate those feelings or give you a break or be able to provide you with some, you know, support, if you need it, uh, is important things to look for when you're, when you're out there in the, in the field, in the career world, because, um, 
yeah, not having it can take definitely take a toll, like damaging, like you said. Well, I'll let you kind of answer this question depending on whichever industry you want to, I suppose. But <laughs> I am curious, maybe from fashion or maybe from tech or maybe both. I don't know. Um, what are some changes that you're kind of seeing going on right now? You know, we're in a really weird time. 2021, you know, it was kind of like the unofficial uh, continuation of 2020. And so it's like, what? I don't know what's going on in the tech world. Talk to us. <laughs> yeah. Um, so what I'm really seeing a lot of is, is the finding problems within the, in our society, in our world that can be solved by tech. Um, and it's in its problems, maybe not problems is, is probably too big of a word, but, uh, maybe like little annoyances, I should say, uh, that people are trying to solve for it, which is really, really great. But also you, you, I'm seeing, and my, so the CEO of Pluralsight, Aaron Sconard, in his live keynote uh, in 2020, um, he said, and I, this, th like I, this is my onboarding. He said this in the video when I was getting hired at Pluralsight, he said, every, eventually every company will be a tech company. And that really struck me because coming from fashion, which I, I want to go back to eventually in my career, I, it hit me that I was like, he is absolutely right. Uh, every company eventually has to be a tech company. And, and you know, fashion, e-com, things like that. When I was, you know, when I was there in that, in that realm, it was a big deal, like to figure out because people want their stuff now, they want it to be unique. They want, you know, so they kind of all blended together for me that I was like, yeah, like in order for you to succeed in any career you're going to enter into, you there's an element of tech, online, the internet, the cloud, whatever you want to call it, that you either have to know or have a confidence to, to or, or have a desire to get to know. Because I really do believe that eventually every job requirement will need to have some sort of e-commerce, internet, uh, coding, web developing aspect to it. I just don't think that, uh, I don't think, I don't believe that uh, you can't, if we're, if we're being frank, I don't believe you'll be able to find a job if you don't have even um, you know a tiny bit of experience within that in the in the realm of that because uh, it's going to be needed and especially if you're if for example like if your company is based in a different state or country than you uh, that's even more poignant to the fact that you are going to be on the computer so much more. Um, um, and a lot of people complain about, you know, that that takes away the aspect of in-person stuff, but I think it strengthens it. I think that when you have an opportunity to be in person, face to face with somebody, I think that, you know, I think we took it for granted. And then, you know, with the unfortunate pandemic we had, I think that it reminded us that in-person situations we get are so fun and so special. And so I think that you still will still be able to have those. Um, whether you're shopping for clothes or something like that, but you also have to be able to uh, respect and understand and know how to engage with somebody uh, on the internet. Uh, it's just super, super important that uh, whatever you're going to be entering into, you are going to be able to say that you have some sort of idea or understanding about the current uh, state of the tech world and how that connects to the job that you want um, and be able to explain that uh, in 
detail. Doesn't mean you have to like enroll in a bunch of, you know, software engineering classes tomorrow. Uh, although the engineering school is super cool, I will say. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, but I will say that you, you know, that's the beauty about Utah State and the extension classes, post-grad, grad school, even just enrolling in something like, you know, shameless plug, but Pluralsight, like to be able to continuously learn post-grad is something that I've realized is super capable um, and setting aside time in your, you know, in your life to learning more, even when you, you, you know, you graduate from such an amazing school like Utah State is going to be, is super, you know, it's possible for anybody. So definitely uh, tech is blending into every job and, and uh, we'll have to really, we'll have to like kind of accept that and figure out what's next. Yeah. And I agree. And I think 2020, um, kind of uh, encouraged that but like you said it was like those places were like it was already in place like we were already moving towards tech integration and i feel like 2020 sped up that process maybe yes. um but i i agree and i love what your boss shared that uh, every company is is going to have to become a tech company if they want to survive yeah. i think that's so that's such an interesting insight um so super super interesting um all right well Chris, it's hard to believe we're almost out of time, but I do want to give you space for like the last like second or two here just to share if you were thinking back to like 18 year old Chris, what what career advice would you have? Oh, man, uh, 18 year old Chris, I, I would I would have a lot of advice for 18 year old Chris <laughs> to I, like a, it'd be like a yelling session. Uh, um, let's see here. Uh, definitely. I say I mean, like going into college, I was just, I think I was really, really focused on the fun aspect of it. And I still encourage that, but I definitely think that, you know, set some time aside by yourself to really think about your future and, and, but understand that that future is so subject to change. But I think, uh, setting some time aside to actually physically write the goals, um, and, and to have that as your starting off point um, is really, really crucial. I, I just I loved my time at Utah State so much, but I also know that I was uh, always a bit lost because I never really sat to myself and said, what do I want? You know, I think people just say you go to high school, you go to college. That's kind of the, the pathway. Um, and so you're kind of just kind of going through emotion. But really, college, at least for me, was a starting off point for uh, my growth and my, you know, my in my personal life and professional life. And so, I, you know, the advice I would give would be: sit down, realize how big of a step this is that you're going to college, whatever, where, wherever you're going to be, and then, and if you're going to Utah State, that's really great. But uh, <laughs> you know take that, take that moment, you know, before you go to like the, you know, the homecoming week or the football game or whatever, and just say, okay, I am here. I, you know, what can I do with this experience? Um, and, and write down those goals and, and have it, but, and don't stick to it, but just use it as a starting off point and use it as a base for you. Uh, and, you know, be able to and rehearse those goals and be able to say them with confidence so that, you know, if someone were to ask you, you know, that person that you meet at the homecoming game or the fraternity or, you know, whatever, they might be able to point you in a, in a direction if they know what you want, but you have to know that for yourself first. So that's the advice I would uh, give um, 
if it, if I was talking to 18 year old me, which I'm like rolling my eyes about because I'm just like 18 year old me, what were we doing? Chris? I don't even, I, but like we just rolled with it, but, but I, uh, yeah, that's the advice I would give. No, that's awesome. And you hit on so many good nuggets that we, I wish we had time to dive into, but I really appreciate, uh, you know, throughout this entire conversation, something that's really stood out to me is your, um, engagement with your own life. Like you are engaged, like you are present in your life, but you're also so curious, like you're continually learning, continually asking questions. And I think those are some really good takeaways for anyone listening to, to keep in mind, um, you know, in, in career, the career world, we often call it the designer mindset of curiosity to stay curious. Designers always are curious and asking questions. And so I really love that you've hit on that. Um, and Chris, I just want to say a huge thank you for taking time out of your busy day to be here with us, to share a little bit of Aggie of spirit. <laughs> <laughs> of course, I I like Chas was the, the college humanities social service. I just like that college that ignited my curiosity and the professors there. I mean, like, I wish I could personally thank each one of them, even if they weren't mine, because I am incredibly grateful for so many people at that school, but, uh, that college, um, that college accepted my weirdness and they (laughs) flourished it and they made it into the person I am today. So, uh, thank you for letting me share my love for Utah state and my love for that college and my love uh, for the, 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 I don't even know the, the eternal, beautiful flame that is Utah state. I, I just love it so much. So thank you. Oh, I appreciate it. Um, uh, go Aggies and, you know, anyone can reach out to me if they have any, they want to talk more about it. I'll let them finish this episode and then they can reach out to me or whatever and talk to me about it later. <laughs> Fabulous. Well, Chris, I don't know if you're going to be getting more phone calls from students or the marketing department in Chaz, but <laughs> It's been so good to chat with you. We hope you loved this episode of the USU Career Studio podcast. If you haven't already, make sure to subscribe and share this episode with your friends and family. 